Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So good that I get to spend this little bit of time with you. All right, so uh, when you jump on, let me know where you are from around this country. We're talking business breakthrough here, but we're not talking about business strategy in the true sense of, you know, Facebook ads and Google ads and things like that. We're talking here about you. And specifically, right, for those of you who are watching, I'm going to be preaching here this morning, talking about how the word fits in the marketplace. So make sure you let me know where you're from, uh, because I need, want the interaction from you guys. It is the oxygen that makes me want to keep doing this when you engage with me. All right. How you going, Patrick? <laughs> morning from Perth. Morning from Melbourne. What do we got over here? Darwin, Perth. Love it, love it, love it. Keep it coming, keep it coming. More from Perth. Props to Perth, by the way, uh, because... Um, because it's early there. Melbourne, Melbourne, awesome. All right, so how's this? The title of my message here this morning is I'm doing it anyway. I am doing it anyway. I'm doing it anyway. Hey, say it with me right now, wherever you are. I'm doing it anyway. That's it, say it again. I'm doing it anyway. You know, it's better if you give it a bit of attitude Right? It's better if you give it a bit of attitude. I'm, I'm doing it anyway. Come on, try it, with a, you got, try it with a bit of attitude for me. Just like this, like, I'm doing it anyway. Right? It's got to come with that little bit of zing because that's, it, that it comes from those innermost parts where you just decide, I'm doing it anyway. I'm sure you've all had those moments, right? Where, um, you know, where you've got to make a decision, right? And you kind of weigh things up. And you just decide in the moment, I'm doing it anyway. And sometimes it's completely against the wisdom of other people and common sense and things like that. But you just decide and purpose in your heart, I'm doing it anyway. And I tell you what, that is a gift from God that you would be like that. I remember back when I was 24, I'd just come back from London. Uh, I, I kind of grew up in London and I did high school in Australia. And then I went back to London for a few years. I just got back and, uh, you know, I... I'd always had this desire to, to, to do well and things like that. And so I remember I was 24 years old when I was looking at buying my first real estate investment. 24 years old. And I literally remember at that time, all my friends, I say to my friends, sorry, I, I can't come out tonight. You know, I, I, I've got to keep saving. I need to scrape together my first deposit to be able to buy this three bedroom house uh, on, you know, in Eagleby, south of Brisbane. And, uh, and, and I remember, and my friends were literally at the time just going, you're an idiot. Like, like what are you doing? Like, 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 come out with us tonight. Don't worry about all of that. Like, don't worry about your future. Literally, like, um, like you know, like, like you've got heaps of time for that. You're only young once. Just come out. And I remember looking at my friends and going, you know what? I'm doing it anyway. And I bought that house and it was a phenomenal real estate deal and it started an entire journey. Doing it anyway. You know what's interesting about that story, quite ironically, that the friends that were trying to pull me down to get me to think at the size that they were are still at the pub trying to work out how the world owes them something. You know, I remember back in 2012, the Lord spoke to me in Kimberley and said, I want you to start the training academy for Christian entrepreneurs that has become the business greenhouse, which is probably why you're watching today. 
And I remember sitting down uh, late 2012 at a coffee shop with a notebook here going, right, I've got this phenomenal business. I'm coaching all these people. It's going incredibly well. I remember writing a sheet. How much income am I getting right now? And if I walk away from this and, and do what the Lord says, how much income am I going to have starting tomorrow? And the column on the right was a whole lot less than the column on the left. And I just decided in that coffee shop, I'm doing it anyway. And that's become the business greenhouse, which is today possibly, possibly one of the more impacting marketplace ministries. So I remember uh, coming even more recent. I remember in Melbourne this year, we had our summit and it was when coronavirus was getting really heavy, right? You know, they were shutting down all the states. They had did the four square meter rule. We couldn't have many people in the room. We went to live stream, blah, blah, blah. And I had these people around me at the time saying, don't go, don't go, don't go. The optics are terrible because if there is an outbreak of the Rona at your event, it's going to look bad on you for years. And I remember listening to these people and thinking to myself, I don't need to worry about the coronavirus in a Holy Ghost meeting. The coronavirus needs to worry about me. I'm doing it anyway. And we went and held a phenomenal event in amongst a very big part of turmoil at the time. And you've probably had those moments too, where something is in front of you and you feel like you should do it. And against maybe common sense and wisdom and counsel, you just decide to do it anyway. There's a couple of stories in the Bible of people that lived in exactly the same way. There is a story in Luke of a sinful woman, which is politically incorrect, but this particular case is referred to as a sinful woman. And I wanted to make sure that the sin that we were talking about here uh, is, uh, you know, is in line. So I did some research and I looked at what the sin particularly meant in this scenario. And it does actually mean um, a sexually immoral, dirty, unpure type of sin. So we can garnish from that that this particular lady was most likely a prostitute of some magnitude. Anyway, here's how it goes. Luke uh, 7... 72. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. So one of the Pharisees said, hey, Jesus, come grab a feed. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table of the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself. He spoke to himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. You can just tell the horrible judgment that spewed out of this guy's mouth. Jesus answered, said, Simon, I've got something to say to you. Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50 and when they had nothing for which to pay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me which one will love him more. And he goes, well, the one that was forgiven more. And he says, you've judged rightly. Then he turns to the woman and says, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, 
but she washed my feet with tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not stopped kissing my feet since I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same love is little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table said, who is it that forgives sins? And he looked at her and he said, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I'm sure you've heard that story before. You've probably heard it, though, through the lenses of giving, right? That, you know, she gave all she had. And it's true. But that's kind of swimming in the shallow end of the pool, if you like. Because what we can distill from this perfume is, as a lady with a questionable career choice, the perfume was more than her savings. The perfume was actually her means to shore up her future. So she would wear this perfume for the sake of attracting men for her business. So here we are. She doesn't just come and bring some savings to Jesus's feet and anoint them. She brings her entire future to Jesus and breaks it open and pours it out and says, I've got nothing now but you. She didn't just give away some money and go back to some life that she already had. She had nothing without that perfume except Jesus. And so what she did in her act was actually to say, Jesus, my entire future, security, confidence, life from here is going to be based on you. It's not even about the fragrant oil. That was her basically saying, a line in the sand, Jesus, that is enough. Now, you've got to understand, she has just seen her brother be delivered of demons. That's why she's caught the revelation. And she's come running in and she's gone, that's it. That former life is gone and I'm doing it anyway, right? I can imagine the counsel that she might have got as she was like, she would have been at her home kind of packaging up, you know, going to get her, her fragrant oil and her friends and her family. What are you doing? She's like, I'm going to bash this thing over Jesus' feet. I'm done with this life. There is a savior who can take me to a great future. And I'm going to go and, and they would have been like, hey, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You don't need to do all of that. You don't need to do all of that. Just, just, just pray about it. You know, just Jesus has got you. You don't need to do any of that. And she would have waited up and she would have gone, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm doing it and I'm doing it anyway. And here we are, here is a woman that is on the other side of that event who has stepped through the moment of I'm doing it anyway and she has nothing, nothing but Jesus. She decided in that moment that she is all in. I find that story amazing. Hey, do me a favor. Um, do me a favor. Why, uh, why, don't you, why don't you share this for me? Why don't you please share what you're watching right now? If you're on Facebook, uh, you're on my personal page, you're on the business page, even if you're on the tube, you can hit the share button and push this out. If you're on Insta for me, do me a favor, hit the share button. We'll see if we can get some more people up on this live as I preach here this morning. There is another person that decided uh, that he was doing it anyway. And there was a guy called Gideon, who you remember. It's a fair bit further back in history than the lady that we just spoke about. But there's a guy called Gideon who we learn in Judges just decides that he is all in and here's how it goes. Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord. So, so an angel has come, he's a little bit scared, but he's just perceived that this thing is an angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, alas, O Lord God, for I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. 
Then the Lord says to him, peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to God and called it, the Lord is peace. And it still stands today. Now it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the wooden images that is beside it and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of the rock in the proper arrangement. So the Lord says to Gideon, I've got a work for you to do, Giddo. I want you to go out and I want you to completely trash all the idol worship set up by your dad. See, I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I don't hear too many people these days that are called to do things with such magnitude. You know, like, I mean, people have callings and assignments, but that one, that one would make you sit back and take stock. Hmm. So what does that mean for me? What does that mean for my family? What does that mean for my finances? You know, what's going to happen with my friends? How am I going to be perceived at church on Sunday? But here's Gideon's, uh, here's Gideon's response. So Gideon took 10 men from among his servants and did as the Lord said to him. But because he feared his father's household, he did it at night. And when the men of the city arose in the morning, there was an altar there was an altar of Baal torn down and the wooden images that was beside it were cut down and the second bull was being offered on the altar which had been built. So they said to one another, who has done this thing? And when they had inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. Then the men of the city said to Joash, bring out your son that he may die because he has torn down the altars of Baal and because he has cut down the wooden images that beside it. Think about that for a moment. Here's Gideon. He's been, the Lord has called him to something. The Lord has spoken to him. Go and do this thing. And he goes, okay. Yep, it doesn't make sense. Yep, they're going to kill me. Uh, but God said, I will not die. Uh, yep, uh, this is going to absolutely suck. There's going to be hell to pay tomorrow. I'm doing it anyway. And of course, on the other side of that moment, here we have Gideon who's full of God because he's at a moment. And he stands there and he doesn't die. Because actually, his dad intervenes and says, well, if Baal is any good, Baal will stand up for himself. If Baal is not a god, then my son will die and you don't even need to worry about it. And he gets through that moment. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder how we handle those moments when God asks us to do something that on the surface look crazy and stupid and embarrassing and foolish and folly. I wonder what our response is. See, I'm trying to invite you here to go a little bit deeper in your walk with the Lord. I'm asking you to think about the very crazy thing that the Lord is asking you to do or will ask you to do in the future and just deciding that even though on the outside it may look crazy, once you've heard the word from the Lord, you decide, I'm doing it anyway. You know, um, on that point, you know, there, there are some things that happen within the, uh, <clears throat> within the body of Christ that I think really limit our ability to do something great. And I've heard the phrases, right? You know, like, like I've literally, I feel like I've heard them all. And, I, and, and this is just me fumbling along doing the things that I think the Lord has for me. But I've experienced what happens and, and so often the people around us who, 
who, who probably mean well and sometimes don't mean well, but have become very good at disguising it. Sometimes it's those people that actually want to keep us playing small. I remember this. I, I've had people say to me, you know, like when I'm like, I want to read the word and I want to go on a fast and I, you know, and, and I want to do all this and, and I'm going to get up and you know, pray through the night. And, but you know, some people say to me, listen, listen, you're being very religious about it. You're being very, re- you don't need to be religious anymore. It's a new covenant. I've heard that so many times. You don't need to be religious anymore. You know, like, it's like, hang on a minute. You have mistaken religion for discipline, right? If, if, if I want to get up at four o'clock and read my Bible for an hour and you don't want to, that's not religious, that's discipline. But what we do is we put these blankets over people who decide that they want to do something great with their life and live in a certain way. And then we go, oh, that doesn't fit my worldview. And I can't control you if you do that. And so I've got to put this blanket over you to try and cool you down and put out the fire. Let me tell you, do it anyway. Do it Anyway, I remember here's another thing that happens inside the church. When, when, you know, when, you, when you feel like the Lord has called you to do something absolutely crazy or big or outside of your skill set or hard or uncomfortable or all of those, which is the hallmark of God. I have people say to me, just calm down. Just calm. You don't need to do that. My God is the God of love and he wouldn't ask you to do that. My God is a God of love. He, he's not going to ask you to do something you hate. Listen, listen, have you read your Bible? It's like, it's like he's not going to ask you to do something you hate. Esther, you're about to get your head cut off, but you're going to go before the king. Daniel, well, you're going to stick by eating what you want to eat, but you're going to end up boiled and in a lion's den. Like, like, what do you mean he's not going to ask you to do something that's uncomfortable? Look, but we tend, we tend to put these blankets on people, I mean, and, they get, and they play small. They play small. And by the way, this is not helping the kingdom advance. Right? This is not helping the kingdom advance to take all these people and just water them down. You know, here's another one. Here's another one that I think is rife, which is doing more damage than nearly anything else. When somebody says, you know, look, I'm going to do this thing for God. I'm going to sell it all and go on this journey and win souls. Or, you know, I'm going to start this huge organization and we're going to go. People, you know, people say, hang on a minute there, sunshine. Hang on. These are well-meaning, possibly, Christians. Hang on a minute, sunshine. Listen, listen. We live in end times. Jesus is coming back soon. Why would you bother doing all of that when Jesus is coming back tonight? And I look at it and I think, are you kidding me? We've been in end times since Jesus died. <laughs> right? <laughs> so so why would we why would we be so scared that he might come back in the next one week or one month or one year? And use that as an excuse not to do anything today. Wouldn't it make total sense that if he was coming back tonight and we knew that, that we played 10 times as hard as we are right now? But no, we've got this comfortable, self-seeking, play small, you know, comfortable ride Christianity that I can tell you right now is holding us back as individuals in exploring everything God has for us. When you have those people around you that say, don't need to push too hard because God's a God of love. And, or they say, you know, just don't worry about it because, you know, it's end times because I read that on Facebook and it must be true. You know, when people say to you, you don't need to be religious about it. Sure, you can hear their counsel, 
Sure, you can listen to their words, but you've got to decide in here that it doesn't matter what man says to you. Once you've heard the word from the God, I'm doing it anyway. Do me a favor right now, wherever you are, put that into the chat for me. Just decide right now, I'm doing it anyway, and put that in the chat. Whether you're on the LinkedIn, whether you're on the Facebook, whether you're on the Tube, whether you're on the Gram, do me a favor and type in, I'm doing it anyway. Listen, it, 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 it's up to you to do it anyway. It's not up to somebody else. It's up to you to decide, I'm doing it anyway. And what's really interesting for me is... The people that are probably pulling you down right now, the people that are probably pulling you down right now, they need to see what it looks like to be a practitioner of walking out the things of God. Don't bow down to them. Don't play small because of them. Do it anyway. And then on the other side of it, they will get to see what happens with a life. They will get to see what happens with a life that is yielded to Christ that does it anyway. You know, um, you know, many of us, many of us go to church. Sometimes we can't this year, uh, but we should be doing, you know, whatever home church, whether that's just church with your family, right, or whether you're dialing into a digital version of your church, or whether you're fortunate enough around this country to actually be allowed to sing, whatever. However, that works for you. Don't even include this year, whatever. You know. I do, I do find it really interesting that, that we go to church and worship and we sing certain songs that actually are fun to sing but should arrest our heart in a way that they possibly don't. You know, you can imagine how crazy it would be to be at church and, you know, or, or in your lounge room or whatever and, you know, and the songs come on and, and the excitement comes up inside of you. And before you know it, you say, Waymaker, miracle worker. You know, I need a Waymaker and you're screaming out for a Waymaker. And then the next song comes on and you go, there's another in the fire. Come on, God, have another one in the fire. And then, of course, you know, you cut to the next song and it's, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight. It's like we, we do all of this. We sing these songs with conviction. They feel good. And then we finish and we go, right, uh, let's jump on group chat and see who wants to go for a coffee and a latte and a pumpkin spice pie. What would happen if those songs actually meant something? What would happen if those songs were a necessity? What would happen if you actually said yes to the very thing God has for you and you decided that you were doing it anyway? Well, when it comes to Sunday, you would be screaming out, playing, pr praying, please be a way maker, using those very things that you have to fight your battle. <laughs> you would need these songs. You would need another in the fire because you're in the fire because you've decided to say yes to the very thing God has for you. But when you go back to your comfortable life, you don't need a way maker. You don't need another in the fire. You don't need any tools to fight your battle. These songs should arrest our heart to make us play bigger and not go back to this self-seeking, comfortable, watered down, lukewarm, spat out Christianity that 
some of us can find ourselves in from time to time. Guys, if that's you, and of course the beauty of digital is I won't know if it is you, but if you're sitting there and you've heard this and you're like, yeah, you know what? I probably do need to do it anyway. Then I want to pray for you. If that's you, just raise your hands wherever you are. Lord Jesus, I just want to pray over those people right now. Distance doesn't matter to you. Words do. Father God, I pray that a spirit of boldness rises up on them, even just a clarity in their hearing of the word and the thing that you've got for them. Father God, I pray for it like a spiritual cochlear implant in their ear so they can hear exactly what you want to say to them, what you've got for them, what you're calling them into right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, I pray not only will they hear clearly, but it'll hit that part of their heart that was predestined and they will know this is what you have called for them, just like Gideon knew, and they're not going to die and it, and, it, and it may be uncomfortable, but it's going to end okay. Father God, I pray for that sentence to ring in our ears, I am doing it anyway. It's good to get counsel, Lord, but the ultimate counselor is you. And when we hear the word of the Lord, we move and we decide we're doing it anyway. Father, I lift up all those people that have their hands raised to you wherever they are around this world. And I pray that those happen and that manifest in their heart so that it can manifest in the world around them so that they can have a greater impact so that they can get to the end of their life knowing they played full out. Amen. Guys, I am trying to get a move of the Holy Ghost in the marketplace. Crazy, eh? And, uh, and I'm preaching not because I want to, but because I feel the Lord asked me to do this. And please understand, like I fully, I, fully, I fully know that it's uncomfortable for some people to see me preaching given the fact that they have seen me teach Facebook ads and Google ads and digital strategy and blah, blah, blah for so long. But let me tell you, I'm doing it anyway. And you need to be really careful uh, when the rumor mill goes around trying to tell me to stick to business and not doing preaching because you're the people that make me want to do it anyway. In fact, for those of you who are gossiping and telling me I should just go back to business and not preaching, be careful because I might see if I can get a worship album out soon just because I might. I'm kidding. I want to pray for you. So uh, if you want healing for anything, right, I literally want to be praying. So if you want healing for something, put it in the chat for me. And I'm going to lift those prayers up and I'm going to believe with you and I'm going to pray for you, believing that my God's not interested in whether we are together or over digital. He is more than able. I have the faith. If you have the faith, put in the chat what you would like some prayer for and I'm going to work through those and, uh, and, and just lift those prayers up and believe with you, believing that the Holy Ghost is actually going to move in the heart of man. All right. Well, Father God, I just want to lift up Matt's health to you right now. Father God, I don't know the details and I don't need to because you know every hair on his head and so you know everything that's going inside Matt's body. Lord Jesus, all I'm asking for is a simple prayer. Holy Ghost, invade his body, heal his body. Father God, we want to see his body line up with the kingdom of God. We say infirmity, come out right now in the name of Jesus. You have no power, no authority to reside in a temple of the living God. We say come out right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. That is it. All right. Gabriella on Facebook. Gabriella, we just lift you up right now for a healing. Again, Lord, you know all things you're all knowing. I don't, but she is my sister. And I want to see that sister free, free of any infirmity. 
And so, Father God, right now with Gabriella, I pray healing in Jesus' name. You said that we can call on healing, Lord, because, because you bore our sickness. And so that is the power and the authority and the prayer that we stand in here today for Gabriella. Father God, heal her in Jesus' name. Yes, Carl, that's my goal here. Um, Lord Jesus, I just lift Carrie up right now praying for wisdom. <clears throat> Proverbs tells us that wisdom is everywhere. And so, Father God, we call out. We call out for the wisdom that is everywhere on behalf of Carrie. I stand with her and I say wisdom. Father God, I pray divine revelation drop in her mind right now. Father God, I pray that a clarity for her to be able to hear it in amongst the noise of a crazy life. But also, Father God, I pray that you have mercy on her and show her many times to make it clear the wisdom that she is looking for. Lord Jesus, I pray that you bring people across her path that might say one word to confirm something that you're saying to her. One billboard, one book, one Facebook post. Lord Jesus, we just ask that your angels set about Carrie to reveal to her the wisdom that she needs to make the decisions that she needs so that she can move forward in you. Amen. Lord, we lift up Glenn to you right now. Uh, Glenn, Scotty's asking, pray for my brother Glenn to hear God. So Father God, I don't know where Glenn's heart is with you. But spiritually, God, I want to stand with Scotty and I want to stand with Glenn and I want to remove the veil and the lies of the enemy that are stopping Glenn hear your voice. Devil, assigned to Glenn to, to guard his heart to stop the word of God landing, flee in Jesus' name. Flee in Jesus' name. I speak to those hearts that are calloused and I say melt in Jesus' name. Father God, I ask that angels go minister to Glenn right now and and get him to see the love of God. The love of God is strong. Father, I pray that people come around Glenn in the coming hours, days, and weeks that give him a glimpse of unconditional love that points to the love you have for Glenn that will melt his heart. Lord Jesus, we just lift that up to you right now. Father, I want to I want to uh, believe with Erina for a prayer of provision. Lord, you know what provision look like, looks like for her. I don't. But it's a promise in the Bible. It is a promise that you will provide for us. And yes, we have to do our own work. But Father God, I ask in this situation that there will be some sort of financial breakthrough for Erina. It will it'll look like work. It'll look like an opportunity. It'll look like an idea. It'll look like a partnership. But Father God, I pray that you line up for her an opportunity for her to get that provision that she needs. Father God, if there is something inside of her that is stopping her seeing an opportunity you've already put across her path, we ask that that veil be removed and she sees clearly the very thing that you've called her to do to make sure that provision is no longer a problem. And we pray for Gail's business right now 
that she's asking that several of my staff need a healing. So Father God, why don't we do a one-to-many prayer? Lord Jesus, we just lift up the staff there at Gail's business that need a healing, and we ask that a Shekinah glory just fall on them today in that place where they, it, 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 is, it is irrefutable that as they cross the threshold of that business this morning, that the kingdom of God invaded their body and healings came. I also pray for boldness for Gail today as that takes place, that she'll be able to declare and decree over their lives that it was Jesus that healed them. They thought they were coming to work and they came to work and they got paid, but they also got healed because that's my God. In Jesus' name, we pray that right now. Well, guys, well, guys, well, guys, do me a favor, hit the share button. If you haven't liked our page or if you haven't liked my YouTube channel, do me a favor, hit like, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, then you'll get the alerts every single week when we put out content. If you haven't, um, if you haven't liked the Facebook page that you're on or if you're looking at my personal page, do me a favor, send me a friend request, hit like, subscribe, but share. I, 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 just, I just want the word of God to invade more people on the planet. And the way we're going to do that is with your help. Anyway, guys, I love you guys heaps. Today, make it something that you say many, many times. I'm doing it anyway. And don't forget, you got to get that bit of swagger in there too. I'm doing it anyway. That's what gives it the extra power.